Hello and welcome to the first edition of In-Game Content, a gaming podcast for gamers of all stripes, whether you be the hardcore of gamers or a filthy, filthy casual. The only thing we ask is that you're as lazy as we are. I'm one of your hosts, David Robertson, who you might also randomly know from the Life in the Kraken podcast or the blog, We Have Always Lived in the Kraken. Joining me, sitting on his throne of disused and cheap earthbound copies from 1995, my co-host, Matt Morris. So many copies, guys. I have so many copies. That's why I have absolutely no copies of Earthbound, but that's okay. But it's something we regret all the time. Oh, I, I remember well when that game was in bargain bins, and I didn't buy a single one of them, and I regret it every day of my life. Because literally we could we could have a throne. Yes. Of just gold. Yes. The, the Iron Throne. Of, of vi- a video game gold. Yes. The Earthbound Throne. Like, I could have spent $20 and had relative gold. Imagine if I dropped $100 on these. <laughs> Yeah. This is just like the video game equivalent of Amazon stock. <laughs> One of my great gaming regrets. Yes. Uh, so so this is a podcast, as you've probably already surmised once again, about video games. And more video games. And, well, just that Matt and I like video games. Yeah, this may come as a shock to you after you listen to 45 minutes of this, but we really like video games. And uh, we play a whole lot of them. So I think we have uh, I think we have some stuff to say about them. Yeah, so we're just going to talk about it, and you guys get to experience uh, listening to us just talk randomly about who knows what. That sweet, sweet episode one flavoring. Yeah, and uh, we figured a good way to start this is pretty simple. Let's not rock the boat too much, but just kind of like discussing what we've been playing lately so you can get a sense of uh, what kind of gamers you are and whether or not you should run far, far away in episode one before you get too far in. So Matt, why don't you go first? Uh, what what is what are the things you've been playing the most? With we'll already acknowledge a caveat of uh, there's gonna be a big section we'll talk about at the very end that covers the game we've really actually been playing. These are really more the appetizers. Well, so I picked up a game called Blossom Tales. Uh, this is an indie game. Uh, it's available on the Switch. It's available on a number of platforms. I picked it up on the Switch because when I have the opportunity, I like to play indie games on the Switch. I think it's a lovely system. You'll probably hear me talk a whole lot about it. Um, Plus, when you can go portable, you gotta go portable. Always, always go portable. I mean, this is always why you'll always hear about. Look, I'll tell you what. Now, this is a pro PlayStation Vita podcast. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, for the we, exact same reason. Yeah, of and, course. Uh, when you look, be set. when you're as old as we are, and we're not even that old, but once, once you're in your thirties, yeah. Let me, let me crack myself. Once you're in your thirties, as I guess a lot of gamers are. Those of you in your thirties know how this feels. Or older. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's kind of nice to be able to just play games in bed. Not going to lie. Yeah. So Blossom Tales is uh, an indie game. It's on the Switch. Um, it's on a number of platforms. It's pretty cheap. Um, and uh, long story short, it is a Zelda-like. So when I say that, I mean in the vein of more of like the 2D top-down Zeldas, kind of like Link to the Past, Link's Awakening, that kind of thing. Um, so if you've played those games, you pretty much know how this is going to go. Um, you know, it, it, it sort of has a vibe of... Um, like uh, 3D dot game heroes, um, PS3 game came out you know a handful of years ago. If you played that, uh, you kind of know what it's like to play a Zelda, a Zelda like parody. Um, this is very much in that vein. Um, it's got uh, some nice pixel art, um, you know, nothing mind blowing, but it's it's nice looking. Uh, the music is very catchy, and the mechanics are basically almost exactly your your standard link to the past style zelda like mechanics so i'm about yeah I'm, I'm about a dungeon and a half in um i i played the tutorial dungeon i played a little i kind of explored the overworld a little i've been picking up heart containers which are just flagrantly the same as zelda heart I containers say, that's just they're just going on i mean it is, it, it is it is um 
And I played like the first real dungeon, which, you know, was actually of a pretty satisfying length. I mean, one of the things I was worried about going into the game was that I thought, you know, as cute as this is, it's going to be like a smaller sized down sort of Zelda experience. But really, thus far, it's actually felt like a pretty good meaty Zelda experience. Um, there's probably not as many dungeons in total as there are in a Zelda game, but each dungeon feels like a really fully fleshed out dungeon. It's, it, uh, I've been I've been pretty happy with with the way it plays so far. Um, Does it look like you'll also get to save the same princess fifteen times again by the same person, <laughs> just like all Zelda games? Um, so, <laughs> what happens is, um, no, it's it's not a princess. Uh, you are playing as a female character, which is awesome. Um, you are a uh, this this girl who grows up in this kingdom, and she becomes a knight in the beginning of the game. And yeah, the that king doesn't, that doesn't mean you couldn't be saving a princess. No, that's that's, that's true. To be fair, that's true. Um, but what happens is the king gets put in under this sleeping spell by the, his like evil brother, who's a wizard, and you know generic fantasy stuff. Um, so you have to go gather up the ingredients to wake up your your king. Reverse reverse uh, um, computing. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Um, but what's really cute about this game is it's framed as sort of like a, you know, sort of like when you watch Princess Bride, it's framed as these two kids who are being a, told a story by their grandfather. So the beginning of the game, before you get into the action, is these kids and their grandfather, and he he starts telling a story, and he's like, let me tell you about this elf boy named Lit, and they cut him off, and they say, we've heard that one a million times. Tell us a different story. And he goes, okay, all right, let me tell you about this other this other girl so there's already kind of a little bit of tongue-in-cheek at the beginning just kind of you know clearly clearly poking fun at zelda's ubiquity even even as it embraces it um but overall what's cute about this this framework is that um at any given moment when you're doing things the grandfather can interject with his little storytelling tidbits you know it's not just that you can walk into someone's house and pick up a bunch of pots and throw them around like you would in a zelda game it's that then the grandfather comes in and says she really liked to destroy other people's property, you know, stuff like that. So um, it provides kind of a fun framework for for uh, the adventure. And I, I do think that's one of the more endearing parts of it. And it's part of the reason why I kind of brought up 3D Dot Game Heroes, because that game also took its Zelda ties in stride and, and, and just sort of like played them for, not, not laughs, but like, you know, it's intended to make you crack a smile, especially if you're familiar with the, with the genre. Well, that's good. Sounds like you're a little bit further along than the games I guess I've been playing. Um, what have you been playing? Well, I did finally, I guess, restart again Kingdom Hearts 2.8. Uh, and by Kingdom restart, Hearts. I didn't mean the actual 2.8, but since I had sort of played Dream Drop Distance, which is the first part of 2.8, I basically replayed more or less the ish the part I played at the end of Dream Drop Distance. It, I remembered and once again was reminded as it switched over and was like, oh, right. Well, this still feels better than playing this as a handheld. These controls definitely still feel like they're made for a handheld. Yeah. So was Dream Drop Distance like one of the good Kingdom Hearts? Like, I, you have to understand, anyone who's listening to this, I'm actually a relative Kingdom Hearts newbie. So I actually have to ask questions like these because there's like a trillion of these games and they all have really goofy names. So, but I know some of them are like decent and some of them are like yeah we don't talk about that one and in general everyone you're going to hear about all our gaps uh as embarrassing as me as when i've if you couldn't tell when i made some jokes about about zelda i have actually not played that many zeldas in fact i just like making fun of them even though i don't play that many of them you son of a bitch yeah that's that's true but yeah sorry matt so is this a good kingdom hearts game that is a loaded question <laughs> um 
is is, not, it, is it an acceptable Kingdom Hearts game? Well, I mean, I only played a little bit of it. It's not 358 slash 2, which is... That's like the really not good one, right? Well, I mean, the really not good one, I guess, technically is recoded, because that was literally a phone uh, game. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that was then ported directly from a phone game. And that one is just legitimately garbage. Right. 358 slash 2 is just very the epitome of the repetitiveness of the system over right. and over again. The story's okay. okay. Um, so Dream Drop Distance is probably somewhere in the middle. It's not as good as... it's so. I mean, we'll see. I have to finish the ones. Gameplay-wise, it's not quite as fun as this one, and I just can tell you right now, it's not going to have the darkness that was in uh, uh, Birth by Sleep, which is just like probably honestly the best thing the kingdom hearts has done because first by sleep this is just like it actually could tell certain stories because they already been told they could do some pretty messed up things did you see that they are releasing or maybe they already released Everything. in japan the, the yeah the package that's called like the story so far oh, it's not just in like japan that. yeah no I, it's going to come here i didn't know if it came out yet or not uh, i think it it comes out it, it is either out, it is either out now-ish or will be out by the time people are listening to this podcast. Yeah, so for anyone who isn't aware, Kingdom Hearts and all of its infinite madness, apparently they decided to release a collection called, I think it's literally called The Story it So is. Far. and it's everything. And it's literally everything. I thought maybe they were Although, gonna... my understanding is some of the games, they've just put in like the cutscenes. Well, right, so when they remade, when so 358 2 is such a bad game that that will never be replayed. That's just cutscenes. Yeah. So that it was just cutscenes in the I believe it was in two point five. Uh, yeah, I think so. And so yes, I, I think what they just took is they took one point five, two point five, and two point eight, and whatever those were, and put them <laughs> into one them and put them in one game, thus continuously punishing people who bought the old version by giving them everything, <laughs> continuously giving them more. And so, I know what you're thinking. Will you get this, David? I don't know. Probably. It's unclear. <laughs> I haven't decided if I have the energy to replay all the Kingdom Hearts games or not because. Oh man, they're they are something. <laughs> there sure is a lot of them. There sure is a lot of them, and I think I may just be content with playing two point eight and all the stuff that comes in it, and just kind of maybe rereading some stuff, and you know, maybe maybe Birth by Sleep. Birth by Sleep is really good, but the problem is that I I just desperately need to play Kingdom Hearts. It's on an actual system with real power, and not yeah a handheld. Or I love the PS two, but the PS two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. Um, well, it is true. I've been playing. I played a little bit of that. Really, what I've actually been playing is uh, is filthy, filthy mobile gotcha games. Ah, uh, yes. So, the sweet, sweet gotcha crack. So, like, yeah. I mean, I made mistakes were made. I mean, in general, I I kind of was weaning off some of them, and I, I'm still on like the downward slope of playing Final Fantasy Brave XVS, but it's still happening. But the bigger problem was. Uh, was Dragalia Lost was just released and relatively recently, and oh Nintendo, yeah, and side games. And there were some things. So playing is also still a loose term because really by play I've been continuously uh, rerolling to see if I can get good characters because the rates in these games and these games are not good, and uh, I need to make <laughs> sure I have some so I can actually play it. I did finally successfully get. Um, a role that I found satisfactory in getting like two five-star characters and a five-star dragon. Because there are, in fact, three different things you have to roll for in this game. There are characters, dragons, and then their ability is called Worm Prince. Should I explain my bitterness towards this genre? Yeah. Maybe I should explain my bitterness towards this genre. I mean, it's not alone. I have bitterness towards this genre, and I still play them all the time. So, (laughs) I was playing this game called Tales of Link. Uh, And I was actually kind of enjoying it. I spent like real human money on Tales of Link, which, which is... 
a whole other issue. Um, I'm a sucker for Tales games. You'll, you'll very quickly learn this if you have the utter misfortune of continuing to listen to our podcast. Um, <laughs> I love Tales games. And uh, so I thought, oh, you know, there's this Tales mobile game. I think I'll pick this up and I'll try playing it. So I played Tales of Link for, oh, God, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was available for at least a year, maybe a year and a half. Uh, sunk a bunch of time into it, sunk real human dollars into it, and they closed it. And yeah. all that work I put in just disappeared into the ether because they hate me. So, so I'm a little bit bitter about the, that genre in general. But, but this is a good, uh, a good, a good lesson about uh, gotcha games. A quick <laughs> PSA: uh, You owe nothing in these games. When they close down, you lose everything. It does not matter. Uh, the same thing happened to me with uh, Chain Chronicle, when, yeah. uh, which was. Actually, probably my favorite of the gotcha games I've played. Uh, like the story was actually good. I thought the system they had was eventually there were some there were some issues, um, but they were actually pretty good. I continue to wish, unfortunately, they were run by Gumi, and uh, they're a terrible company. And this is what happens. Um, yeah, we call this lesson Gotchanomics 101. Yeah, you know the answer really should be don't play gotchas, but I don't really. <laughs> but do though. But do because uh, clearly I don't listen because I continue to play. Play them, even from companies I've already said are not good. That sweet, so, sweet addiction. Quite frankly, the only one I've never fall, I was able to avoid falling into was a Fate Grand Order, and that's just because I have a uh, not hatred for Fate, Fate games, but let's just say I'm over it. <sighs> yeah. There's just so much, and I'm good. Yeah, I'm good on the Fate franchise. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I feel your pain. Uh, ironically, the other funny part about this is I actually played Tales of Link with format, but I played it with. You played it in Japanese. Played in Japanese until Just I quickly remembered that I don't play Tales games. The ultimate weeb decision. So I don't actually know any of the characters, so I couldn't actually really play it. So eventually I stopped because I had no idea what was happening in the story, and I had no connection to just pictures because I only played like two Tales games, kind of. Yeah. So, well, but yeah, I love me some Tales. But yeah, I mean, so far, look, the thing about Dragali Lost is the music, mm, excellent. Excellent, excellent music. Yeah, I should probably look into that soundtrack actually. Yeah, because soundtrack, yeah, alone is worth <clears throat> it's worth getting because that because the music is great. Another another thing you'll learn about me specifically is I love video game soundtracks. I collect them. It's a uh, it's a thing. I'm also oh. quite, I, I, look. I favor them by the way as well. Just not to the level yeah. that. Speaking of which, I just got shipped to me and our friend Bryant, who you may hear from one of these days, will be very jealous. The uh, vinyl release from Mondo of the Katamari Damacy soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, so that is amazing. I love that soundtrack. I mean, that soundtrack is amazing. I'm not even a big Katamari fan, but soundtrack is... Oh, it's so good. Top notch. So good. Um, well, before we uh, digress even further into the hole that would be video game music and vinyls, uh, I've been told by our non-existent and imaginary producer that we probably should stop. Uh, so, uh, Matt, uh, anything else you play before we move on to the main event of the what we've been playing? Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, so I've been playing uh, another game called Yakuza Kiwami 2. Um, if you're familiar with the Yakuza series, uh, there's a lot of them. The first and second games, I think, were PS2 games, if I recall correctly. I never actually played them back in the day, but I just sort of recently fell into this series um, because Sega has been aggressively like, re-releasing, remastering, uh, localizing these Yakuza games for the West. My understanding is that for for some amount of time there, the series in the U.S. was, um, I don't want to say stagnant, but they weren't localizing a lot of them. I know 5 in particular didn't even get a physical release here. I'm pretty sure it was just released digitally on the PS3, and people weren't even sure that was going to happen. Um, but 
for whatever reason, I guess because of weird people like me that suddenly happen to fall into the series, they've started kicking it into overdrive. At least it feels that way. They've released um, in the last couple of years. I mean, just earlier this year, Yakuza 6 came out. Um, last year, or maybe it was the year before, we had Yakuza 0 and Yakuza Kiwami. So anyway, long story short, the Kiwami label, Yakuza Kiwami, was a remaster of the first Yakuza game, the PS2 game. Um, and I played that, and I loved it. Uh, it's you know these games are the story of a character named Kazuma Kiryu. Um, he is a member of a Yakuza organization who is disgraced and goes to jail because he's basically takes the takes the blame for the murder of his patriarch. And um, long story short, he solves people's problems by punching them in the face. It's an um, effective way to solve problems. Yes, really. literally every problem, he just he finds a way to solve it through punching. You would be surprised how many problems are solvable via purely punching. I mean, really, I think people should just realize punching can solve a lot more problems. It's totally not a great life lesson for us to get from video games in this case. At one point, at one point, he's like he's like trying to he goes to like a brothel or something. He's trying to get information about about something or other, and the guy at the desk is like, "Sir." Do you have like an appointment? Like you shouldn't be here right now. And he literally turns around. He doesn't say anything. He literally turns around and punches a marble statue into like pieces. Like the whole thing just explodes and it crumbles. And then he turns back and looks at the guy, and the guy's like, "Come on in." It's freaking amazing. Um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, the series is incredible. Um, Yakuza Kiwami One was a remaster of the first Yakuza game, as I mentioned. So Kiwami Two came out this year, uh, just recently, a couple months ago. Um, and, uh, it's a remake of the second game. Um, and, uh, I had a great time with it. I mean, part of the draw of the Yakuza games is they've created this very real feeling chunk of Japan, this neighborhood, um, that's just packed to the brim with like restaurants and arcades and, you know, shops and whatever. And all these things are interactable, you know, kind of like in Shenmue, if you ever played Shenmue, you can like walk into stores and you can like buy stuff at the convenience store. You can go to the arcade and play the crane game. You can play literal emulated versions of like Virtua Fighter and stuff. Um, so part of the draw of the games is that whole like fully realized world thing. And the other half of the appeal is the punching. Uh, it's the punching. There's, the punching. Yeah, I mean, there's so much punching. Like just, just as a, like Shenmue just didn't understand enough that you needed more punching. Yes. It's like Shenmue, but good is what I'm trying to say. Well, Shenmue with the punching was really good. <laughs> Don't send me hate mail, please. Just before the punching, you did a lot of playing with kittens. No, I know. Shenmue's not bad. It's Actually, just... I love playing with the kittens. Shenmue... You really have no problem with any Shenmue. <laughs> Look, Shenmue's, Shenmue's fine. Um, but Yakuza really sort of channels spiritually some of that same world simulation element that, that Shenmue had going for it. And the punching is great. There are lots of side quests, and they're full of like wacky, colorful characters. The writing is top-notch. The localization is top-notch. I seriously recommend the series. Pick up Kiwami 1 or, or Yakuza 0. If you haven't played any of these games, they're, they're seriously a ton of fun. So that's the other game I've been playing. I just recently finished it. Uh, it took me about 20, 25 hours, um, but it was thoroughly enjoyable. And uh, uh, yeah. Right, now that we've stalled, I think enough, uh, we're just going to be honest, we have played other games, but really... There's one game that matters more than Really, we've mainly just been playing Final Fantasy XIV. Final Fantasy XIV. And, you know... Stormblood. I, you know, I wish I could say this wasn't true. I always had avoided trying to go into the MMO hole. Oh, me too. But once you're in... I mean, I, I honestly resisted my entire life, the MMO hole. I didn't play EverQuest, I didn't play World of Warcraft... 
which yeah. which is amazing because that game was so ubiquitous for a while, and I just I, I was just like you know World of Warcraft like. Pfft. You mean this costs like $15 a month? I'm not going to pay a fee to play this game. Like, what are you, crazy? I'm like, you know. But now here I am paying a monthly subscription fee for FF14. But it has Final Fantasy attached to the name. Yeah, I I was, I was, played a little bit more. I mean, I, I, I played around with the Matrix Online game. Actually. Uh, and I played around with these, like DC Universe and uh, the D&D, one of the D&D ones. But not long. And usually I always was like, you know, I, I don't really like being stuck playing stuff. But, you know, you just can't resist that sweet, sweet siren call of Final Fantasy. Yeah, I'm going to amend my statement with one exception. I played for a while an MMO on my PC. This is like the most niche thing you'll probably ever hear me reference on this entire show for as long as we run. Because I doubt anyone who ever listens to this will have played this. But it was a game called Grawl. G-R-A-A-L, which I think was like, I, I don't want to even guess what language that was because I'll just embarrass myself by getting it wrong, but it was some language for Grail. Um, and it was, surprise, surprise, a Zelda-like, but it was an MMO. It was sort of like an online Zelda, like bootlegged, like knockoff that someone made. And for a while it had like a thriving community because it was like this free-to-play 2D online Zelda MMO. Um, so <laughs> that... I mean, I want to say that was probably in the late 90s, early 2000s. That's probably the only exception. Other than that, I've never played an MMO until now, and I am just like absolutely waist to neck deep in this FF14 world at this point. And this, uh, yeah, this, and this definitely really fits our ethos as uh, lazy hardcore gamers, because yes. I do uh, quite a bit in it, but have resisted. I'm a little bit more willing to go, go into the deep end than Matt is, but uh, just because yeah. I've been playing longer. That's true. And I jumped out. And he, he actually helped bring me back in. So really... <laughs> really, this is all my fault. Once once he fell in, he just dragged me back down with him. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about FF14 that I like is because I am as lazy as I am. Now, I'm not, like, bad at video games, but I am pretty lazy when yeah, it comes yeah. to video games. This is very, very different. Yeah, so... But the thing is, FF14 lets me be lazy because there's, like, this whole breadth of content. And this may be the case in a lot of other MMOs, but I'm not sure... But there's this whole breadth of content difficulty. You know, the main story quest in those dungeons, a lot of the stuff I do is relatively not taxing. And that's good for me because uh, I play a healer and the responsibility of having to heal difficult content would probably crush me. I deal with enough stress at work every day. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> well, yeah, but this is mainly just because I've been lazy and haven't gotten there. I'll eventually force them into some of this. So. Yeah, it, it'll happen. You'll probably hear us talk about this uh, uh, moving forward as David forces me to do increasingly more uh, quote-unquote hardcore content. Yes, uh, this is definitely going to be a recurring bit if you continue to <laughs> listen to our podcast. And once again, I've been told by our imaginary producer that we should really stop integrating our podcast in the middle of the thing. Oh, but it's so fun. Yeah, and my response is that this is just going to happen, so. Oh, you you listeners, you know this is fun. You're having fun with us, even as we make fun of ourselves. Yeah, I mean, if we weren't going to make fun of... Look, we have to make fun of ourselves so that when you do it, you understand we agree with you. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I, I mean, I, I kind of jokingly said this, but I actually do think it's true. The fact that this is attached to the Final Fantasy franchise made it easier for me to jump into because that's obviously a franchise I've played a lot of growing up and through my entire life. So having that sort of window dressing of like, you have your Moogles and your Chocobos and, you know, all this stuff made it really palatable. Because I was never like into the Warcraft like orcs and horde and blah 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 like that sort of thing never really appealed to me. But Final Fantasy's universe 
always appealed to me. So I don't know if that's the case for you, but for me, that definitely helped suck me into the into the hole. I mean, it didn't hurt. Um, I mean, I almost played eleven the previous Final Fantasy uh, MMO, which is you know from the people I've talked to eleven, anything I might suggest about fourteen is like baby's first MMO compared to some of the grinding and ridiculous that you had to do in eleven. But unfortunately, my uh, my computer back in the day just decided it would absolutely not play the game, and so I have a copy of it. I, I tried def- installing it. It just never got to be played. I definitely entertained the idea of playing Eleven on my PS2, but the whole like ridiculous contraption you had to attach to your system to get that game to work was just like a bridge too far for me. Like I didn't want to, I didn't want to plug in that ridiculous hard drive and modem and all that stuff into the back of the system. Yeah, I mean, I I was willing to play that on my computer, and I hate playing games on my computer. So yeah. this is I am. I am definitely an anti-PC Master Race gamer. Not even because I don't disagree with the idea that uh, PCs are, uh, are are better for graphics. They're just, just pain. I don't usually like dealing with it. I'm not anti-PC at all, but I am anti-people using the phrase PC Master Race, especially when it's unironic. Yeah, I mean, that's true, but I felt to reinforce... <laughs> Reinforce this fact. Uh, I was just acknowledging that. Oh yeah. I'm not yeah. even arguing with some of the advantages. It's just a personal preference. Yeah. No. It's it's uh, yeah. It's it two true. whole worlds. It is true though. The uh, that is a term that can be quite annoying. It just feels a little tasteless to me. No. Yeah. It yeah. does feel a little bit. It does feel a little bit tasteless. But yes, uh, it being a Final Fantasy game definitely helped draw me in. I mean, some of it also is based on if you know people you're playing, and so that kind of drew me in as well. You know, we had you know had some we had really good friends who helped it, who helped bring it in, and so when you have people to play with specifically, I mean that's why when that is how Matt was able to drag him back into the pit after I had stopped for about a year. So uh, you know it it's, it has a nice mix of um, it has it has a nice mix of like you said degrees of content. There's you know we'll see how the new stuff goes. There is a little bit of a lacking of the content I actually want, which is like the not craziest of crazy because I just have to accept the fact that in my life I'm just too lazy to really ever do those. But there's like this mid-grade hardcore content that sometimes they feel like they don't have enough of. But yeah, there's at least when I've... Because I've stopped playing originally around before Stormblood came out, around the previous expansion, Heaven's Word, like near close to the end-ish stages Mm -hmm. of that and kind of had stopped playing for a while because I'd kind of run out of things to mostly do. Not entirely, and technically if I had really cared, there'd be enough, but uh, it was enough where I I was ready to play other games, which is the thing because this game can be so over overwhelming that you just it's, it's hard to find time for the things you know i had to, i had to stop so i could do things like play xenoblade forever um i mean as i understand it the designer the lead designer of the game actually is on record as saying he's he his philosophy with this game is that he's actually okay with people being like i'm gonna take a break and come back when more content happens because like that's just the way they design it, I guess. Yeah, and he he'll acknowledge too. Like, there's a limit to how much content they're willing to make because he wants you to take a break, or he wants you to start yeah. a new character, or it's... he wants you to focus on other things. And there was just uh, we'll see how Stormblood does it. They're always trying to balance how much, like I said, this mid core. Yeah, mid core. The mid core content, which is like you know, which things that are like challenging, but not like you have to be willing to just commit all your time to. Um, and at times they struggle with, they've gotten a little bit better with that. Some of the specific raids and, uh, primal fights, extreme primal fights can kind of scratch that itch. Um, sure. I mean, you know, or in my case, there's the fact that the real in game, that crafting is real in game content of that game. <laughs> and so I'm just slowly but surely trying to get all my crafting out crafting, to the point where it matters. Glamour, housing. These are the things that really matter. Housing. Like I could buy housing on my server. <laughs> 
Uh, I wish. Uh, no, uh, yes, but yeah, that's... So, I mean, in my case, especially as a person who uh, played Ninja, and at this point, once I've gone Ninja, everything else is extremely boring to play. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that's probably true. I uh, And I say this even though, quite frankly, obviously, if I was willing to actually heal, it wouldn't be entirely true, but I hate healing, so... He- I actually love healing, but um, it's... Healing is a lot of responsibility, um, and that's part of why I've shied away from the harder content for the most part, because that would require a level of dedication in terms of me not letting down the group <laughs> that, uh, that you know, it's, it's, it's easier to sort of coast your way through the easier content. Um, but uh, healing is very rewarding. It just, it, it is an extra layer of responsibility, because in this game in particular, what I've learned is that they generally kind of expect healers to be DPSs who also heal. Uh, so uh, I, mean, I think it depends. You're on kind that. of constantly juggling. It'll depend on content, but yeah. Yeah, almost certainly in the harder content, that seems to be what they expect. Although in the lower level content, they don't seem to care as much. Yeah, so it can be a little bit tough. But yeah, so we've uh, we've uh, been uh, we've been playing a lot of that. Playing a lot of that, yeah. and uh, slowly but surely. I finished Stormblood. Getting back through it. Yeah. I, you finished Stormblood too? I finished Stormblood proper, that's true. I had really slowed down and installed on it because the problem with this game is uh, as much as I actually, and I actually in a whole like the story, but my God, it is so wordy. They sure do, they sure do love to talk, yes. <laughs> and Matt can attest to probably one of the funniest things that when he watched me play this before, as you guys are going to totally riveted by the inside baseball story of Matt and I talking to each other while playing games <laughs> in the past. But here we go. It's exciting. It's really exciting. I know you're riveted. But he watched me playing well before he was playing the game. And at one point, he saw the moment of Because I'm a person who generally, I really care about the story and the writing. Uh, I oh, will yeah. really pay attention and I will, I will talk to everything. I will look this. And there's two times ever in which I've told the games to go F themselves, basically, because I'm tired of this shit. One is Skyrim, which eventually even I was like, it's just too much. I can't. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about your lore. I don't care about any of this. I just want to be through this. And the other is, he definitely saw the point where I went to clearly just like, and eh, none of this ever matters anymore. And I'm just like, clicking, eh, through. Eh, clicking through. I generally don't do it during the actual literal main story. But anything yeah. else. I actually genuinely like both the lore of the world and the main story they do in FF14, but the way they present it can get extremely wordy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always great. It's yeah. just... Really wordy, and every, that's why every time you beat any major piece of content, you're like, "Cool, get another." Hour. I guess I have an hour to. Uh, yes. In the game. I mean, we're currently because we're sort of coming up on the next expansion pack, so we're actually currently now in the content where like the real interesting story beats are happening, where they're sort of setting the table for like dramatic reversals and reveals and and. And plot twists and that kind of thing. So this is kind of the fun times. Yeah, this is the, the only, good times. It's the only time they can pretend they're going to let certain sad yes. things happen. They can pretend there are stakes at these exact moments. And then the next expansion pack will iron it all out. Yeah, and they'll undo all the stakes in every way possible. But it is pretty cool while it's happening. And they do they, they generally do a pretty good job of executing in these specific stages. Yes. These like late patch stages just before the expansion pack. Thus far... All three versions of they had the one at the end of ARR, the one at the end of Heaven's Word, and now the one at the end of Stormblood. I would say all three are pretty good in terms of like storytelling. Yeah, this the stuff at the end of A Realm Reborn, which is the first yeah. one. Well, the first official one after yes. the disaster that was the 1.0 launch. 1.0? What's 1.0? Yeah, that which doesn't They exist. don't like talking about, and very few players have played. Uh, we we know players who have played that one. We were yeah. not we were not one of them. No, I was not. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the varying content of ARR is probably the best thing written in this game. 
in terms of for me. Yes. In terms of, and they, I mean, and that's even acknowledging that the degree to which they undid some of it is rather frustrating. But yeah, at times they have been willing to commit to certain certain actions. But it's better than a lot of. I would say the do. stretch from that point at the end of ARR through like a good chunk of Heaven's Word was really good. Like Heaven's Word, I think is still the best expansion yeah, the pack. He- yeah. Stormblood was good, but I think Heaven's Word still edges it out in terms of just raw, enjoyable story. Um, I don't know about content other than that, but in terms of the actual story, I think Heaven's Word still is kind of at the top. And this has nothing to do with the game sidelining Ishtola the entire time, I promise. It's totally not <laughs> something I'm very bitter about. Yeah. In every way possible. So, you know. Well, they, um, they love sidelining people. Yeah. So, what, uh, let's see. So, let's, let's do a quick, you know, like I said, we're going to probably continue talking about this with more stories about it. You haven't heard the last of this. This is probably going to be a, if you think, like, if you're, if you're already tired of hearing us talk about Final Fantasy XIV, this really is going to be the podcast for you. <laughs> it's not necessarily true. We will talk about other games. I mean, we talked about other games even today, but uh, there will definitely be a healthy dose of FF14 for uh, for a little while, I think. But before we move on completely from this, let's just say, so what, uh, what is the stuff you're hoping to get done in your, your Final Fantasy XIV journey? Well. Good. At least in the near future. In the near future. Well, I'm all caught up on story content. So at this point, what I'm hoping to get done is I want to level up my gatherers and crafters. Um, because as David mentioned... It's the the true end game of this game is crafting, glamour, and housing. Um, so basically, I want to level those up. I want to get filthy rich, uh, and uh, I want to uh, basically accrue all the mounts and minions that I've been missing for for so long. When you see David's mount list, it's like four times the size of mine, and I'm just kind of like, oh man, I need to get more of these things. It's also not big enough because um, well, I have not gotten enough of the mounts either. It's, yeah, it's, look, sure, it's better than yours. Look, it's a constant treadmill. But I would hope mine's better than yours. I've been playing a lot yes, longer. you played a lot longer, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, mine is a similar... Uh, so I need to stop being lazy and finish some of my crafting classes and gathering classes because there's some I've definitely not maxed out, which I need to stop. Well, and as, you, as your item level goes up, you can finish the uh, story too or get yeah, caught up on the story. I'm going to be honest. I'm at the point now where I... I, I'll be a little more enticed to finish the story now because you're right. We're at the good story beats, but it's just so wordy. I have to really accept <laughs> that I'm in the I'm, I'm in the mode it's going to happen during. It's true. I mean, there's ready, there's some cool dungeons and, and bosses and stuff. There, sure. Um, oh, I actually really like the 4.3 trial. Well, that's good. I, I look forward to. In general, I look forward to switching over. Right now, I'm definitely focusing on uh, getting very specific mounts that uh, that I have to grind for and. Um, and try my best to just slowly remember enough of how I played this game to not be terrible at it again. So that's that, that's important, you know, because you know I would like to. You know, generally, it's good not to get screamed at, even though I have to. I have to say, in general, actually, the, the community, the FF14 community, is relatively not toxic. Yeah. Unless no. you're doing the highest level of content. I've had a pretty good experience with the people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you usually have to be doing the highest. It's like the only time it happens yeah. if you're doing the highest levels and get bad, but. I mean, if you're willing to do that high level, you kind of have to be willing to just You have go. to, yeah. I mean, honestly, to do the highest level, and I think this is probably true of any MMO, I think to do the highest level stuff, you need to commit to being in, like, a static, you know? And uh, I absolutely don't have the time or commitment level to do something like that, so like, I don't really have to worry about Matt that. Matt now for a mini static, but that's about all we're going to get. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know. So that, that that's true. The other version is just there are certain things at this point where 
there's almost jokes of like things that pe- like you people are like don't do like we'll do trials that are so easy at this point as long as you don't do one thing and then you'll just watch people do them over and over again and yeah. you can definitely tell it and certain people can handle it certain people cannot uh, but usually when pe- especially when it comes with helping newer players uh, they will the, the the players will be willing to work with them and they'll get pretty mad at other players who actually don't tolerate the new players. I've actually found that one of my new favorite things in this game is helping newer players because I do end up doing when you do these roulettes they put you in like older content and I actually kind of enjoy getting into content with new players because um, I don't know it's it's just kind of satisfying to kind of help people through for the first time plus you know they're experiencing a lot of the story and stuff for the first time so that's cool for them. I mean, this is why you're weak, and you know, everybody do the highest level content map. That's just that's what that's what the, that's what that's what the real lesson of that apparently is. Yeah, that's true. No, I mean it, it is true. I mean, I it depends specifically on the content I'm doing. There's some content where if it's some content where I'm just kind of like, I just need this to be over. Well, yeah. But yes, I, I usually don't mind playing with new players as well. Um, I I don't mind hypothetical people out. I'll, I'll admit this is probably because of. Uh, my lack of PC gaming stuff, my like controller to keyboard like skills are not great. So I'm probably a little bit slower on this stuff. So sometimes it's less that I don't want to help people to do. It's more like it's just too much of a pain in the ass. And as you said, lazy. Laziness is key. Laziness is, is definitely key. So, uh, so, you know, I just, just so we're all clear, this is less of it. I, this is less I hate everyone I'm talking to. It's just too lazy sometimes to deal with it. Or I don't even have a keyboard in my hand at that point when you're having to type with a controller. Oh, that's, yeah, no. that's just the worst thing in existence. Don't even bother. Like I'll, I'll basically be like, I have to commit to saying bye to people, and even that takes <laughs> Herculean effort sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a good uh, good coverage of our, our Final Fantasy fourteen corner. Yep. Um, it's a corner that's going to stay. Yep. It's going to always be there waving to us. And, uh, you know, stay tuned. You'll get to hear more about how when I eventually drag Matt into a content that he hates with the passion of uh, Thousand Suns. Yeah, it'll be great. It's going to be a lot it'll of be fun. It'll be so good. But I think, I think in general, we've got a nice opener to this uh, podcast experience. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully it's been a nice ride for you all as well. Uh, Come back to hear us gab about games some more. Yeah, you know, we're still, there's a couple things we're still ironing out. But yeah, in general, you should come back and listen to us uh, in a fairly, somewhat freaking basic. Pull up a chair, pour a cup of tea. And uh, we have, I guess, one announcement of some kind, which is that... Uh, yeah, we should plug this. So both Matt and I will be doing participating in Extra Life mm-hmm. on November 3rd, uh, on the actual game day. which So is, soon. I know, which is a big deal because we haven't actually been able to do the official game day that much lately. Um, but this will be our seventh year. Yeah, I think so. Seventh we've been doing it for doing years. It? This is probably the seventh year we've done yeah. it. Yeah, and so uh, we will be doing a pseudo shared stream. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll be playing together we'll and be we'll playing be together, chatting. So and, you can you know, hear us chatting across stuff and we will be uh, playing Surprise Surprise Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> yeah, there will be a healthy with, amount of that. With with some other stuff, but we're going to acknowledge right now that it's going to be... A, a good chunk of it will be 14. Mostly fourteen with yeah. some interludes. Yeah, there'll be some other stuff. Matt may sprinkle, Matt's sprinkle in some Mario. Oh, I love me some Mario. I may sprinkle in some random uh, random indie games. You can you can really experience the greatest joy, which is if you can watch either Matt or I get extremely frustrated at a game. And then, uh, <laughs> that's when you'll see the true spice. Yeah. Um, so you'll be able to check us. You'll be able to check out our um, donation page, which will be listed in our links. Yeah. 
We can link our pages, and we can link our Twitch channels, and you can uh, stop on yeah, by. Yeah, you'll see all this stuff. And throw some money at one or both of us. Watch our streams. Yeah, and you'll be, be able to throw money at both of us, and you can continue the uh, the trend of, I assure you, I love Finn, Matt always destroys me on donation-wise. It's fine. <laughs> it's all for children. There is no actual competition. There is no winner or loser. There is only money for children's hospital. I mean, there is a winner. It's the children's hospital. Yes. Yeah. They're the only ones that win. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's good. We wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, none of us needs to win, no. but uh, I mean, Matt's going to, but he doesn't need to win. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we just thought we'd plug that in. You can kind of get a, another example of maybe a mini almost podcast for uh, near 24 hours. Oh <laughs> dear. A long, long 24 hours. Remembering that now is, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a experience again. But yeah, so. Um, doesn't get any easier every year. <laughs> And that's it for the first edition of in-game content. Uh, I think it went pretty well. Yeah, right yeah, no, we have fun here. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so you can find us on our brand new Twitter page, EG Content Cast, and uh, you know, if you want to go by and follow us, you'll see us um, posting some video game-based stuff, and especially it's coming up extra life-based things. That sweet, sweet content. Yeah, so uh, be sure to do that. You can also follow us on our personal Twitter accounts. Yeah, my Twitter account is Momrath, M-O-M-E-R-A-T-H-H. That's two H's because somebody already took the one with one H. And uh, you can follow me at DBRobertson88. Nice and straightforward, I like it. Yeah, you know, I sometimes you just you know, you want to keep it, you want to keep it clean. And as we've already said, we are going to be doing Extra Life on November 3rd, you can find our team page at www.extralife.org slash team slash in-game content. So be sure to check that out. You know, if you guys want to give any donations to help some children, sick children at that, uh, you should do that. And of course, we will also be streaming our Extra Life events. And you can find us on both of our Twitch streams. Mine, like my Twitter handle, is Momrath, M-O-M-E-R-A-T-H-H with two H's. While mine is Lightning Dragon 88, as this time I did not, in fact, go uh, nice and strong. He went nice and edgy on the Twitch page. Oh, yeah, super edgy. You know, those dragons with the lightning. That's <laughs> all you could ever ask for. Yeah. If you like what you heard tonight and you're wondering, where can I get some more of this sweet endgame content? You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. While you're at it, if you particularly enjoyed what you heard, you can give us a like, give us a subscription. Give us one of those sweet, sweet five-star reviews because we're just so entertaining. And uh, come back for more. And finally, if you really liked what you've heard, you can also read things we've written on the blog, We Have Always Lived in the Kraken, which you can find at www.insidethekraken.com. There, of course, you'll find Matt's thoughts on, you guessed it, video games, and my thoughts on most everything else. And with that, that is really it for our first official podcast. Uh, Thank you for bearing with us. It's a bit of a work in progress, but, you know, hopefully you all have been enjoying what you've been listening to. Until next time, keep mashing those buttons. Yeah, you also said endgame, not endgame content. Damn it. <laughs> Wouldn't be a podcast. What's this fucking podcast called? I don't even know. Airplane. Airplanes are also a lovely place to play handheld games.
the police are after us for the terrible things we were watching on anime earlier. We, we told we said we wouldn't say. It I'm not going to say what it was, but there were, there was some fucking garbage on the TV earlier. It was bad. It was bad. If we <coughs> if we're arrested in the middle, we're, of this, we're being arrested for watching was, terrible things. It was, it's really we can't really complain. Like they'll come in and we'll just be like, yeah. I'll be like, well, anime is garbage, so. Yeah. For theme song attribution information, you can go to our Twitter page or our episode description.